Greetings and welcome to Wrist Enthusiast, the watches of, with myself and Travis from the Wind Up Merchants and Craig, Mr. Wrist Enthusiast himself. And this particular podcast is about the watches of Jason Bourne movies. So let's get started by asking the most obvious question. Bond, Bourne, or the Ethan guy from Mission Impossible? Oh, does any does anybody say Ethan Hawke? Does anybody say that guy? Just it's just Tom Cruise playing himself in Mission Impossible. <laughs> exactly. So Bond or Bourne? I mean, I'm American, and Bourne is the American version. So I guess maybe I'm a little biased, but in terms of you know what has more staying power, obviously. Bond, you know, is the original and better watches, probably. So should we just do like in those English exams where they ask you a question you don't know much about, so you answer the question by answering a different question? So actually, instead of looking at the watches of Bourne, we'll just look at the watches of Bond because we all know about them. Hey, there's your next article, Craig. Yeah, that's going to that's that (laughs) that's a very big task. Number one. And I was actually talking about this with a colleague because he knows all he knows. He likes watches and knows about my blog. And also he loves Bond. And he was telling me that you need to know Bond, like the back of your hand in order to not piss off Bond fans. So it's a, I'm a little scared to do it. Maybe maybe since my audience is mostly watch people, it won't matter. But it gives me a little. Watch people have never got angry on the internet. <laughs> watch enthusiasts never get mad about nothing. Well, it just so happens uh, to those who are listening to this, we should point out that you might be listening to this on Apple, you might be listening to this on whatever player. If you listen to this on Spotify, you can actually take part. So if you have an opinion or you disagree with the watches that are identified or you just want to get your point across, you will see in the link in the Spotify app, if you listen to this on Spotify, a way that you can send us a voice message. And our aim is to append the voice messages we get to the episode, post the episode being published. So if you want to hear your voice on this episode, you can send us Something you want to say about it, keep it clean, keep it short, identify yourself, unless you're actually a spy, unless you're actually James Bond or Jason Bourne, in which case you don't need to identify yourself. Identify yourself, give us your IG tag, whatever, and give us your opinion, and then you can pop back a couple of weeks later and you will find your voice message is appended to the end of this episode, so do have a look at that and that will be available for all the episodes we produce you can listen to them on spotify and use the app to send us your response so the born franchise who wants to talk about the films first i i'm honestly i'm not a huge fan of the born movies i'll be i'll be the first one to say this and i know surprise surprise travis is the odd man out <laughs> but i just i i, I find them kind of clunky and they're very like not polished for an american spy movie and if i I, i'll come out and say it americans do not do spy movies as well as europeans it's just that it is not they don't they don't do it (laughs) maybe maybe some of the sequels i like the first a lot it was based on the book by robert ludlum so you know i i like the first one i like the idea that he had amnesia didn't really know who he was and had all these kind of abilities that he didn't know how he and it was kind of like working back from 
to figure out like who he was and what his real name was and why he was like this excellent fighter and martial artist and all, all of these different abilities and speak all these different languages. So I thought that was cool, but the novelty may wear off a little bit after the first episode or the first, uh, first movie. It's what we all dream of. We all dream of actually when we get into that fight or scrape that suddenly actually we had all these latent memories there and we can get out of trouble because it turned out we also have amnesia, but it just never seems to work out in the back streets of Glasgow when you're you're facing trouble. <laughs> your your martial arts, embedded martial arts skills don't tend to come to the fore. So the first film was The Born Identity. What was the watch in the first film? So it was a Tag Heuer link chronograph, a quartz watch. And, you know, I went into this watch spotting with these high ideas that there's going to be so many different watches among, you know, the, the protagonist, Jason Bourne, you know, his associates and the villains. But it turns out, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was Matt Damon's relationship with Tag Heuer or the movie's relationship with Tag Heuer. He literally wears the same watch throughout the first, the first trilogy. You know, then I find one of the villains has some, digital watch but i can't figure out exactly what it is so that was a little bit frustrating but you know it's a general tag hoyer uh, you know maybe that's what cia spy would wear i don't i don't really know what do you think travis it seems like a very like odd watch for a spy to wear like i get like a quartz like i guess you i want guess them to court- blend in right yeah not like a big rolex a mariner yeah well i mean yeah there's that like this is 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 the it, Rick. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the Tag Heuer Link a golf watch? Isn't that generally like what it was designed to be around? Is like golfing slash Formula One weird hybrid? Yeah, I think it was that kind of digital watch, sort of unbreakable, so it could be used in sport. I suppose if you're a spy, is probably quite handy. Yeah. You know? Bear in mind that nowadays most spies probably spend most of their time behind a desk and a computer just like right. everybody else. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I suppose if you are Jason Bourne, you want something a bit more uh, funky. I- I'm curious as to whether, as to what was forced on them. I mean, did uh, Matt Damon have something sort of linked to Tag Heuer pre the films? Has he been a Tag Heuer ambassador? You know, were it did getting him on the film mean that it had to be a tag because of the relationship he had to be? No, or was it the prop master's choice? I did a little bit of research on on that, and I didn't find any you know actual links between Damon uh-huh. and and Tag Heuer. So I don't know if it was just his watch. He liked Tag Heuer. You know, the fact that he's wearing the same watch in all three movies makes me think less that it's like was Tag Heuer's decision because that would be a huge misopportunity to introduce new models to the to the series if there was like some even if there's a relationship between Matt Damon and Tag Heuer or Tag Heuer and uh-huh. you know the studio uh, or the film you, you would think like you want to sell another model put it on Matt Damon's wrist Jason Bourne's wrist and uh, and and advertise the hell out of it but none of that seemed to really happen so it seems like it was like picked more for what the watch is and kind of being somewhat understated. I think in the books, apparently Bourne wore a Seiko. So, you know, it's a little bit nicer than a Seiko or more expensive than a Seiko, probably, unless you're getting into Grand Seiko territory, but still not like a super expensive watch that 
you know, maybe people wouldn't really notice when it's on your wrist or on the wrist of a spy. And it's also interesting to see too, because Matt Damon, when he did Ford versus Ferrari, he wore a tag Heuer as well. So it's, he wore an Octavia, I think, yeah. if I remember correctly. So it's kind of does seem that either tag is following Matt around or Matt is following tag around. Yeah. Because it, it this isn't the first time that, that Matt Damon has worn, well, it's probably maybe the first time in film that he's worn it, but he, he Tag Hoyer keeps seeming to pop up on his characters. Yeah. So, but I mean, the the Octavia makes a lot of sense for Ford versus Ferrari. It's kind of time period appropriate, and it's a you know a racing watch. So you know, I get that. But these movies were you know years and years apart. Yeah. But like, I guess sure, sure. the 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 born Jason Bourne, which was the fifth movie after. Uh, Jeremy Renner was briefly briefly the protagonist, Aaron Cross. Um, he wore finally wore a different tag. Sure. And that's the thing, too, is like, I mean, Matt Damon, he does have a relationship with the brand. He may not be an ambassador like him. He him and Chris Hemsworth were also like at uh, the Monica Grand Prix, like with the brand, with Tag Heuer, you know, as their guests. So they do have some kind of relationship. I don't know if it's a, you know, a, a, a professional relationship, but I imagine more behind the scenes stuff where, you know, Tag Heuer and Matt are like, hey, here, wear this watch. Or, you know, do you have a watch that would fit this? What do you think? You know, some kind of conversation between the two of them that that makes sense for Tag Heuer and Matt Damon. And it, it's enough of like they thought about it enough that they're they thought that they're, we're going to put the same watch in three different exactly. movies that are, yep. uh, you know, years and years apart. So it would be interesting to check and see if it's the same prop master yep. in the three movies. Yeah. If it is, then maybe the watch came from the prop master. If it isn't, then maybe the watch came from Matt Damon. Yeah. So there we go. Now, there was a watch which you could not identify. Tell us about this and maybe the listeners can get involved, as previously indicated, by sending us what they think it is via the Spotify app. Yeah. So, you know, Chris Cooper plays a villain um alexander conklin in born identity yeah in the born identity original movie and he's wearing some sort of uh, digital watch it's round there's looks like it has a gray uh, bezel and then it has like a square uh, dial or a square screen on it and you know when i can't spot something i do most of the watch spotting for wrist enthusiasts when i can't spot something i immediately text Travis and make him spend some time <laughs> doing it too. So I get all the credit and he helps me watch spot. But Travis thought it was a Timex Iron Man. I don't think so. It's a little bit too circular. I was looking at some different Casios. There was like a Casio, I think like a Silverstone or something like that, that looked kind of similar, but nothing, I, I couldn't really find anything. Then I thought maybe it's some sort of like prop or GPS watch that he wore, uh-huh. but I, I really couldn't figure it out. And if any of our listeners can, I'm happy to have that discussion with them and, and you know, change change the article that I wrote to reflect that. And take all the credit, just like you do from Travis. No, I'll give them. I just don't like Travis that much, so I don't give him the okay, credit. That's fine. So that's fair, I don't like you that much either. <laughs> no <I'm> kidding. <laughs> so, Born Supremacy was the second film, and that was followed by the Born Ultimatum. And in those films, uh, Jason Bourne wore all the same watches. Now we then move on to the fourth film, which is the Born Legacy. And this is where I get a bit lost because Jason Bourne's not in the film, or is he in the film? 
You tell me. No, he's not in the film. This is like the legacy. So it's Aaron Cross, who's like a similar super hero, uh, super talented uh, guy with CIA agents. So mm-hmm. so that's like, I guess, the legacy. They couldn't get uh, Matt Damon to do another another film at that point. So Jeremy Renner, who folk will know from the Marvel Universe, which mm-hmm. is it's regretful that there isn't, I mean, there is a bit of a watch spotting in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And I saw that the uh, the latest release from the Marvel Universe which is the Eternals has one watch which features in it. This is an AP. I was literally just sending that to Craig this morning. Is that right? It'll be a short, put it this way, it'll be a pretty short article. <laughs> one purple-faced AP. First of all, Kumal Nanjani follows me uh-huh. on Instagram. And, I? and I followed him back because he follows me. And he's the one wearing uh-huh. the frosted AP in the movie. And when he was like releasing the movie, I like responded to one of his stories. Being like, mm-hmm. hey man, like, are you wearing any watch in the movies? I'd love to like feature it. And he did not. He read my message, but just did not respond. He didn't unfollow me either. But he just did not respond. So I'm protesting. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that's that's a true story. You don't ghost Craig Carger here. You not that not at all. Uh-huh. He could have given me the scoop, and I would have had it months ago. Born Legacy. Jeremy Renner is wearing IWC. So do we think Chris Granger? Got himself involved in this, or the prop master, or Jeremy Renner. What's the relationship with IWC kicking about? Do we know? Do we know? I mean, maybe there is. I I would be surprised if there. I, I imagine somebody said, "Find me a black on black watch," and somebody said, "Oh, I have one." Yeah, it's a bit of a strange choice, though. Like an IWC Ratrapanti yeah, chronograph, forty six mil. I mean, if you wanted something that was a brick, you know, just put a panerai on the wrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, using a weapon. I, the whole thing doesn't really kind of it doesn't it doesn't vibe with the whole like born. It's oversized. It's mm-hmm. thick as all get out. It's expensive. It's very expensive, and it's like completely noticeable on the wrist. Like I, I, I gotta give, like I gotta give Matt Damon credit where it's due on that. Like the Tag Heuer Link is an everyday man's watch. Like I, I know twenty guys that have a, a Tag Heuer Link. They got on some, you know, wrist forum for 600 bucks. But like this, the IWC just one, it doesn't seem like a spy watch by any means. Mm -hmm. Like whether you're, it's not, you're not fitting in with a ratchet (laughs) pan. Like you're, you're just not, it's huge. Like it's Mm. a massive watch, like 46 millimeters. And I think it's like almost 20 millimeters thick. Like it's a big watch. If it was, uh, if it was top gun, perfect sense. I mean, it, this is the Top Gun, right? Um, I had a, a IWC Top Gun Miramar that was like 44, 45 millimeters. And that thing was huge. I had to get rid of it. It was just, it's so big. You know, it, I, I don't know why. It has to be from his personal collection. I did research and there does not seem to be any relationship between IWC and the movie uh, or uh-huh. or IWC and Renner, so it has to have just been from his personal collection. Being he probably was like, oh, this is cool. It's like a sporty, you know, Air Force watch. So I'll wear that because you know, government CIA kind of similar. The CIA agent may have like an Air Force background, right? And then yeah, like, maybe a pilot. Is he a pilot in the movie? I I don't remember. No clue. I I, I don't know why. I think of Jeremy Renner as being quite wee. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, straight, but he actually wears this watch in the picture on the article at wristenthusiast.com for those of you that haven't remembered. 
He actually wears it quite well for a 46 mil. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it works for Jeremy Renner. He, he, he rocks it okay. I I assumed he was quite short. I don't know why, <laughs> but he's maybe bigger than I think he is. Maybe he just has a big wrist. Or that's been photoshopped. Yeah, he says he's 5'9". I just Googled it, so... He's Is not that right? Big. He's 5'9". I, I don't... If he's 5'9", I don't think he's wearing that. I think that watch has been reduced in Photoshop. <laughs> he's 5'9". He's surely going to have like six and a... Even for a muscly guy, he's going to have like six and a half inch wrists, is he not? He's going to have Travis yeah. Mine's like six and three quarters, right? And I'm about 5'10", right. so... Yeah, I'm not sure. I think there might be some jiggery-pokery in that photo, but never mind. <laughs> anyway, we move from the fourth film in the franchise to where? Was that was that the end of Bourne, or was there no, more to come? No, Matt Damon makes his triumphant return in a movie oh. just called Jason Bourne in 2016. Mm-hmm. In the best picture I could get of is him lying bloodied on, you know, <laughs> like the pavement <laughs> where you can see his watch, which is another Tag Heuer. It strikes me that the change of the Tag Heuer to a different Tag Heuer, but the same kind of idea mm-hmm. either means it was a different prop master and they've lost the watch and couldn't get hold of it, but they needed to get something that was vaguely similar, but they wanted it blacked out. And so this is what they went for. Or maybe Matt Damon had flipped his watch on Chrono 24. And so they had to fill something in. They could have found it like for a couple of thousand dollars. Right. I I think what happens is it's like, you know, there was this big time period between the original trilogy and the, and maybe I'm maybe I'm giving them way too much credit for this. There is a big time period between the original trilogy, you know, the Aaron Cross moment and this 2016. I think the last film in the the Bourne Ultimatum was Ultimatum, the third one. I think it was like 2007, and the Bourne and Jason Bourne was 2016. So I think they're like, okay, let's harken back to the original trilogy, but like update it a little bit and make it a little bit different, right? So. What can we do? And and it's funny that they use a blacked out watch and the IWC was blacked out. So maybe yes. they're kind of like getting some continuity from the Bourne legacy and saying, we're going to do another blacked out watch, but we're going to go back to Tag Coyer for Jason Bourne's character. I, I think I'm overthinking it and that there, probably none of that actually went into this. Uh, it makes sense. I, you know, they, they go, well, Jeremy Renner had a really cool black watch. We should give... Matt Damon, a really cool black watch. Yeah, they probably looked at the IWC and went, eh, it's a $10,000 watch. Like maybe, maybe we'll find one that's a little bit cheaper and then went with, you know, a Formula One quartz watch. But is it a really cool watch, Travis? Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a watch. <laughs> it's, it's a watch. Bringing endorsement there. <laughs> is it possible that Matt Damon did more of his own stunts than Jeremy Renner did? So actually they wanted to put a cheaper watch on... It's possible <laughs> on him than on Jeremy. You know, they could baby this. I mean, can you imagine trying? To- you really don't like Jeremy Renner, do you? <laughs> He's weenie. The watch is too big for him. He doesn't do any of his own stunts. Exactly, I mean. Jeremy. Come tell us all about it. But the <laughs> yeah, I just a ceramic IWC. I mean, that's gonna last twenty seconds rolling around in yeah. the rocks yeah. before it's cracked into a gazillion pieces. So anyway, so we have the final movie. Does give it away, Craig? Well, spoilers alerts. Does does he die in the end? Do they all die? <laughs> is everybody dead at the end of the movie, or does he go off and live happily ever after, shopping for more editions of the Tag Heuer? Yeah, I actually think at the end of the movie you see him walking into a Christopher Ward. 
No, he he doesn't die though. <laughs> he, he he doesn't die. At the end, he gets his memory back, realizes he's really a Christopher Ward fan, <laughs> and then he meets Rick, and they walk hand in hand into a Christopher Ward to buy a real watch, hand in hand into an internet cafe and order one over the internet. <laughs> he realizes he can use his crazy fighting skills to convince an AD to sell him a Rolex, and you know he walks <laughs> out with a Daytona, a brand new steel Daytona. That's the end of Jason Bourne. So sorry if I, the spoilers, but he does not die. Literally, Watch Enthusiast would make the absolute worst movies ever made. <laughs> yeah, but that, that is an interesting, it's an interesting debate for later on is if you were going to kit out your ideal movie with your ideal watches, you know, if you had the chance to go to all the brands and just tap them up for watches, like, Let's remake the Magnificent Seven in modern days ah. so that you had seven watches to stack mm-hmm. out. Who would you give what? But in the meantime, let's talk about Julia Stiles, who plays Nikki Parsons as the final one. Now, they gave Nikki Parsons a skagging. Do, yeah. we, do we see some innate... What's the word I'm looking for? Sexism? Chauvinism? No, sex, sexism is where I'm going, but not the exact word I'm looking for. What I think is weird is that Julia Stiles' watch is very obviously a cheap-looking watch. Yeah. Like, regardless <laughs> of what it is, whether it is the Skagen or mm-hmm. a Fossil or, like, an Ancline yeah. or whatever it is, it is very obviously a very cheap-looking watch. And somebody's going to come back and be like, no, it's a show part LUC, and I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to have to eat my words. But I, I really like. I actually went back and start watched some of the movie, the uh, after Craig published this article, and I feel like Jason Bourne is just fairly insufferable. So I couldn't get all the way through the movie. But <laughs> watching through, watching through it, I just it was very obviously a cheap watch. Whatever she yeah, was wearing uh-huh. was not a nice watch. And so I don't know if there's like some innate sexism or anything like that there, or maybe she just, this is what she had in her dressing room and was like, ah, this is kind of spy-like. They they ran out of budget after spending $2,000 on Matt Damon's tag lawyer. See, Jeremy Renner pinched all the watch budget. It was all his fault. (laughs) That's it. Jeremy Jeremy Renner ate up all the watch budget. (laughs) But either way, whatever she's wearing is for sure nothing special. And I'm fairly certain yeah. it's a Skagen. I think that Craig got it right on this. Is it the, the mesh bracelet and the way the case kind of sits? Like, I used to be a big fan of Skagen, believe it or not, when I first got into watches because they were mm-hmm. thin and fun at the time, you know. I bet you like movement too. Ah, I've never, <laughs> yeah. You know what it was with, with uh, movement is that I could find the same watch on AliExpress and yeah. never went back to it. But uh, whatever she was wearing in the movie was, it seemed very cheap. And I was not, it just was obviously did not appeal to watch enthusiasts at all like maybe yeah. a tag hoyer formula one might yeah if it was like 1997 but this this it, article was a little bit more difficult than some of the other ones just because it doesn't seem like a ton of thought went into the watches and so when you start out with this like grand idea that you know you're thinking about bond and you know rolex has been such like a in the past rolex was such a big part of it and and more recently omega you know, you you think that's going to be the same with Born, and it it just it just really wasn't. So mm-hmm. while I wrote the article, because I thought it's interesting, it just wasn't you know the same as some of the other shows that I've watched spotted for. You know, and I think that perfectly encapsulates the difference between James Bond and Jason Bourne. Is James mm-hmm. Bond is very well thought out, meticulously crafted, filmed, and, and created. <laughs> yeah. 
and Jason Bourne is just a typical American spy thriller that's just throw everything together and see what comes out. Yeah. So yeah. there we go. So we're giving the out of ten, what are we giving the movie franchise? The movie In franchise? Term, uh, the movie yeah. for watches or just No no no, just the movies for movies out of ten. Six or seven. And then what are we giving the watches in the movies out of ten? Five or four? So the movies are better than the watches is what we're saying. I think so. Okay, so there we go. So you can watch Jason Travis, Bourne. Travis doesn't agree with me. I can see it on his face. Travis is like, there's a one for both of them. Yeah, I, I'll give the watches. I'll give the movies like a three and a half, maybe. Like they're definitely like I would probably rather watch literally anything else. And I'd give the watches like maybe a three. Have, have you yeah. told Craig about your Cameron Diaz, Justin Timberlake? No, uh, that'll be the next one. We do. We'll have to do Bad Teacher next because apparently in the movie, somebody told Rick and I that the Justin Timberlake says that his his uncle or grandfather or something yeah. started JLC. <laughs> so there you go. So that's okay, your JLC okay. content. That'll be your next article, I guess, after James Bond, Craig. Absolutely. So watch the movies for the movies, but not for the watches in this particular case. Or if you're Travis, don't watch them. Watch either of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Don't watch them, but do read the article and do listen to this podcast. Look, but if yeah. you've got this far, then you already have. <laughs> so there you go. So thank you very much for listening. If you disagree with what's been said, if you can identify the watch uh, that we can't, if you think that the Skagen is not really a Skagen, then send us an email or get in touch on Instagram at uh, Wrist Enthusiast or log on to Spotify, download the Spotify app and send us a voice memo and we will append it to the end of the show. But failing that, that is it from us. So say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. See ya.